When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An evil is coming that threatens our kingdom, our freedom. But we have a weapon. They are not prepared for. My king, the Europeans wish to conquer us. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. We must fight back for our people. Maneska, you are asking me to take them to war. War. Some things are worth fighting for. Don't know. You are called to join the King's Guard. No kingdom in all of Africa shares this privilege. Train hard, fight harder. We fear no one. And we fear no pain. I offer you a choice. Fight or we die. Gina Prince-Bythewood's The Woman King had a big opening weekend, beating expectations with 19.1 million while earning an A-plus cinema score. With a cast led by Oscar winner Viola Davis, the historical action film follows the all-woman warriors known as the Agoji, and it was lensed on location in South Africa by cinematographer Polly Morgan, who is our guest today on Behind the Screen. Her credits also include Where the Crawdads Sing, A Quiet Place Part Two, Lucy in the Sky, and series Legion. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Holly, congratulations on the film. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited that it's doing so well and, and, you know, people are going to see it. This was the first time that you worked with Gina, correct? Yes. Yes. In fact, um, I didn't actually meet Gina until we were on an airplane flying across the Atlantic to South Africa um, because we had met via Zoom and then had a number of phone calls while I was in Louisiana shooting Where the Crawdads Sing. And um, I actually just had three days after wrapping that before I had to get on a plane and, and go off to meet her. How did the two of you meet and what were some of those early conversations like? 
my agent sent me the script um and you know i just it was such an incredible story um and you know just the scope of um the piece and the drama that unfolded within it was it was so incredible i mean you don't get to read scripts like that every day um and so you know i was thrilled when gina wanted to meet with me and we we just met for the first time over zoom and you know she she sort of expressed to me that she wanted to make this historical epic and she wanted to portray africa as a lush and rich place she wanted to have lots of saturated color and beautiful light and she wanted to photograph these women in a way that we hadn't seen before so um it was very exciting and i think that she um really felt great responsibility of of bringing this story to life and um the fact that you know it's sort of her ancestry and and that we were going to go to the continent of africa to make this movie um it was it was a very powerful experience for her so you know i was i was very excited when she asked me to to join her on that journey when you talk about lensing these women in a way we haven't seen before would you elaborate on your approach i think as a black woman gina had felt that sometimes black skin isn't photographed in a way that she would like it to be um and i think she really um wanted me to just show off how beautiful it is which wasn't difficult because the women in this movie are so gorgeous um and i think you know we obviously had some big night exterior work and we just wanted to make sure that um these women really shone in their environment and uh, they didn't get lost too much in the shadows um dark skin in a you know dark night in 1823 you know there's not sort of urban sources or a lot of light around so we just really worked hard to address that balance of really making sure that we could see everybody clearly but also you know treading that fine line of not making it too bright and making it feel real and and feeling the the flames on their skin you know really feeling the fire and um feeling that that was a source of light while obviously supplementing it with with movie light also so um you know that was that was just something that obviously working in this environment was was at the top of the list would you elaborate on how you shot some of those those big night sequences how did you light them <laughs> So the big night exteriors um, especially the opening battle scene at the start of the movie was um it was a little daunting because we shot that on location um up in Kaseden in the north of South Africa and we had to bring every single piece of gear with us from Cape Town we bought every background extra every cable every crew person um and it was in a very remote part of the country actually on a a game reserve so um we really just surrounded the set with um large cranes um heavy construction cranes and um condor lighting lifts and we would make these moon boxes where we would rig on truss um film gear helios light fixtures and sometimes you would have 12 lights up in each box and these fixtures were 
always controllable via an iPad where we could control either the intensity of the light or the color of the light. Um, and so these big moon boxes ringed our set and uh, enabled us to move quite quickly um, just by being able to control them via a digital um, iPad. And, you know, we would just literally bring them up and down depending on which angle we were shooting in. Um, and then also we used firelight a lot to sort of supplement the the higher soft moonlight that kind of illuminated the whole set as our ambient exposure. So we would have practical fires and also flame bars on set. Um, I really felt that wherever possible, we should light with real fire as opposed to having sort of a digital fire effect from a, a digital fixture, um, because I think the color and the flicker just really just feels more real. So that was our approach. Um, and we just, you know, balanced between the color of the moonlight, not making it too cool and blue um, in contrast to the warmth of the firelight. And, um, you know, we just really chose to photograph that, that big battle scene with a very kinetic camera where we um, actually had a, a rig, a, a, a rig that we invented called the spring balance, um, which was a, it's a, a mechanical gauge that they use in car manufacturing. And it was rigged off a crane with a cable and we rigged our camera from that and we could move it around very quickly and we could do 360s and move it up and down, but it would remain quite stable. Um, so it was sort of a, a more sort of stable version of handheld that enabled Gina to really, you know, capture the action in a dynamic way. Interesting. And the, that was with um, an Arri and what type of lenses did you use? So we shot the movie with um, Arri cameras. Um, we used the Alexa Mini LF and also the Alexa 65. And uh, we paired those with um, some T-series anamorphic lenses from Panavision um, and also some large format Panaspeeds from Panavision, which were, um, they were detuned for us by Dan Sazaki in Woodland Hills, uh, just sort of to lower the contrast in those lenses and let me capture more information in the shadows. So yeah, we really, felt this movie being a historical epic we wanted to really photograph it like a classic historical epic such as gladiator or braveheart and we really felt sort of the widescreen anamorphic lensing was the right choice now i saw the movie in uh, dolby cinema and i thought the uh those you know deep blacks and then you know the the rich colors and you know the brightness of the flames were really powerful um was that your starting point is that what you graded for so we graded in p3 initially and then once we had got our theatrical p3 version we went into um dolby cinema and did a a version for um Dolby Vision. And also we went to IMAX and just made sure that the movie translated onto that larger screen as far as um, the grain, because we had actually added some film grain in the DI in order to just give it some more texture. Um, and because it was a period movie, you know, we just really wanted to make it as filmic as possible and, and sort of move away from an overly clean digital image. Um, you know, it was our attention from the from the outset that we didn't want it to feel too glossy or commercial, but we wanted it to have a lot of texture to it. So we added the film grain uh, later in post, but 
with the large size of the IMAX screen, it was just um, reading a little bit too much. So we, we dialed that down for the IMAX version. Tell us about shooting some of those big battle sequences. Um, how many extras did you have, for example? So the Woman King shoot was, um, it was challenging in many ways, but one of them was that a couple of weeks into shooting, Omicron arrived in South Africa and um, our plans for these sort of big epic sequences with lots of extras were sort of uh, tampered with because we really couldn't have as many extras on set as we wanted to for health and safety reasons. So we probably had, I think, at the maximum, maybe 150 backgrounds. Um, but on the big battle sequences, all of our background had to be stunt performers. So we were limited in scope there. So it was a wonderful um, coincidence that in the story, they set the um, enemy encampment on fire and we could use smoke as a tool in order to help disguise the sort of deep background of certain shots and, and disguise the fact that really there wasn't necessarily a, a whole battlefield full of thousands of people fighting with each other. Um, but we shot the, the big battle sequence, the Oyo battle, in um, 11 days. We had five days of main unit photography um, and the rest was second unit. And it was a lot to do in a little time, but um, the stunt team did a phenomenal job and the women were just incredible. And I think the fact that they had worked so hard on preparing for this film that we didn't have to use stunt doubles and it enabled us to really move the camera freely and capture them in action. And it enabled us to really move as quickly as we needed to. And then in contrast, you had those really intimate scenes. And I mean, the whole cast was superb. Tell us about just shooting some of those more intimate scenes where you really just focused on the performance. The smaller quarter scenes, I think, are always my favorite ones to shoot. Um, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that I've been challenged and had to do so much um, sort of challenging work as far as scope and, and action. But when it comes down to the drama of the scene and, and it's just just, you know, you're there with the actors. It's always a very powerful experience. And especially with um, Viola Davis and Tuso and John Boega. On this movie, I've never felt so moved as I was listening to them deliver their dialogue. I mean, it moved me to tears often. Um, I think some of the words they say are so powerful um, and it makes me cry every time I watch the movie, but just to be there on set um, was like a masterclass um, in acting. Um, but, you know, I think the, the one of the things that Gina and I first talked about um, was the phrase intimately epic. And she definitely wanted the movie to feel epic, but she didn't want to lose the intimacy of the drama. And that to her was one of, you know, the strongest things in the film. Um, and so the story of the sisterhood and the mother and daughter and the power of a close-up and just being able to be there and, and you know, have a still camera and just really photograph these, these characters was, um, it was such an honor. And I think, um, you know, just experiences I'll never forget. 
Holly, were there any particularly challenging sequences you wanted to talk about? Funnily enough, I think some of the more challenging sequences don't seem that challenging when you watch the movie um, because some of our big sequences were actually scripted to take place at dusk. And uh, as we know, dusk only lasts about half an hour or maybe 40 minutes. So um, we had to use giant construction cranes and rigs, 60 by 60 um, rags on them. And we would surround the palace build with these cranes and we would move them around and just make sure that we cut out any direct sunlight from the frame. Um, so it was just a, a different way to sort of show the, the changing time of day and sort of move from day to night that we kind of like invested our time in these dust scenes. And I think they look great um, in the movie, but I do laugh to myself because no one will ever realize how complicated they were to shoot. What was your favorite scene to shoot and why? I mean, it's it's so hard because I have so many favorite ones, but my favorite scene probably is towards the end of the movie when Viola and Tuso are in the garden just right before oh, yes. the movie finishes. And um, so many themes just wrapped up into that performance and sort of the emotion of these two women and how they just played so perfectly together. I mean, it really was, uh, it was a powerful moment, you know, and Viola Davis to, to watch her, um, you know, it's just remarkable to see her embody Naniska and all the work and everything that she put into it was, it was very powerful, but I have, I have a lot of favorite ones. <laughs> What's another? <laughs> I think, um, again, it's a quieter scene, but um, the scene between Naoi and Malik in the boarding house after she's lost Izogi, um, they're in that that small room. And um, again, it's a very quiet moment between these two actors. But um, again, just sort of the emotion of, of that moment and having lost someone, you know, that she loved and, and where she was. And sort of all the all the things, all the emotions that were running through her, and I think she's such an incredible actor. Um, and you know, just to be able to light that scene in a way that was just, you know, we just had the single source coming through the window, and it felt very, it felt very painterly to me. You know, it, when I researched this movie, and I. Gina and I looked at references. We looked at a lot of film references, but also I looked at a lot of painters and sort of the, the firelight that they used and the single source light that they used through windows and that kind of natural light that like the Flemish painters or, um, you know, painters like Rembrandt used was an inspiration for me. And, and for that one, I really felt that those references really came alive in that scene. Would you elaborate a little bit on working with Gina? What what was she like on set on a day-to-day basis? Gina is very impressive because she stays incredibly calm under pressure. I have not worked with anybody before who just is just so solid. Um, there really is nothing that can shake her. And we shot this movie in a very um, tight schedule and we had a lot to do and we were always chasing our tail. Um, and she always just remained calm. And, um, you know, I think Gina has this amazing ability of bringing people together 
and the atmosphere that she created with the actors um, was so incredible. Like she really drew them together like a family. So, you know, they were really motivated and inspired to give her 100% on set. And I think the crew in South Africa was so incredible. Also, there was no one ever that complained about the amount of work we had to do or how quickly we were moving. Everybody was really motivated and enthusiastic. And I think a lot of that always comes from the people in charge. And I think Gina is a strong leader. And I think it must come from her background in sports. You know, she just really like is a team player and she just brings people together. And we're all kind of like united under this this goal to create this powerful movie. Um, and my experience in prep with Gina was she really brought me into all of her meetings with different departments. And I would often say to her, oh, like, do you really want me to come to this meeting because it's to do with costumes or it's to do with props? And she said to me, if it's in front of the lens, you're involved in it, you know? And I love that. And so... I really felt so um, included from the very beginning, you know, and I think it just helped me in my work to be very much involved with all the meetings with Gersha and her incredible costume design and Akeen and his design. And we were all brought together in a way that really, I think, has had a positive effect on the movie because we did lots of tests with color and skin tone and the different fabrics and the colors of the fabrics. and you know, we were all kind of brought together by Gina. And I think that's just one of her strong suits is that, you know, she's a, she's a, a team player and she, she has that wonderful skill. What was great to see is how many um, women and people of color that she brought on as uh, department heads. In addition to you, I know uh, it was edited by Carolyn Shropshire, visual effects supervisor with Sarah Bennett, and there were others. What was it like for for you and for the whole team really to, you know, to come together like that? I think it was, you know, it felt very natural, strangely, for us all to be there making the movie. And I think it's because it was a female-led story. And so we all just felt like we belonged there together, bringing it to life. Um, I think that Gina felt really strongly about making sure that this story was made by women and people of color because it represented the story we were telling. And I think it was important for the actors to look around and see themselves reflected and know that they were giving 100% and we were there giving 100%. And, you know, we all felt very strongly about about bringing this story to life. I think that, um, you know, more and more I see women in HOD departments and I had just come from a movie that had a lot of HODs, um, female HODs. But this one was so powerful because Kathy was there on set producing. I was there, our wonderful AD Dale. Uh, she was there sort of helping us get it all together and Gina and Gabby, who was the personal trainer. Um, I mean, Sarah was there. I mean, we really were surrounded by a group of really powerful women. And I think in South Africa, that's definitely not the usual experience for the crew there. So um, I would often laugh with them about it. <laughs> um, 
it was it was I think for them for the crew in South Africa it was refreshing um and they said that there was a different feeling on set as opposed to a very male dominated set there's definitely a different energy when there's a lot of women and you know I'm a great proponent of balance you know I think all of us you know we know that they're more male cinematographers or visual effects supervisors out there than there are women but we just want to address the balance you know and I think it's wonderful to have a lot of women but also it's great just to have a balance of male and female energy I'm just so excited for Gina and for Viola you know these women really just fought tooth and nail to get this story told and Kathy was up all hours of the night dealing with the studio back in LA, just really trying to keep the ball rolling and deal with the COVID crisis and all the different things that came our way. But, um, you know, Gina is so determined and um, she was so true to her vision all the way through production. And she's really made the movie that she set out to make. And um, I was just so proud to be a part of it. So Polly, congratulations again on the film. And thank you so much for joining us for this podcast episode. Thank you.